This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Technology is changing faster than the law can, and the courts are struggling to keep up. Now, for the most part, it's par for the course, but now the debate is over what some are calling political censorship. Lawmakers in Republican-led states like Texas and Florida, they're passing laws that stop tech giants from censoring users in the name of free speech. But those same tech companies argue their right to control what is and isn't allowed to be on their websites is free speech in their own right. So what constitutes free speech on the internet today? And who should draw those lines? Will Aremus is a technology news analysis writer for The Washington Post. Hi, Will. Hi, thanks for having me on. What's at the core of this debate that's happening now between legislators and state governments? This debate really goes to the central question of social media, which is, are these big social networks like Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter more like newspapers that curate the information that people see and then make editorial decisions about what we see every time we open them? Or are they more like utilities, like phone companies, whose job is just to provide a technological tool for others to communicate, and they don't have responsibility for deciding what gets said or by whom? Last fall, Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed a law banning tech companies from censoring users in the state. Here's a little bit of what he said back in September. There is a dangerous movement by some social media companies to silence conservative ideas and values. Today, I'm about to sign a law that fights back against big tech political censorship. It prevents social media companies from banning users based upon the user's political viewpoints. So what other arguments are Republican legislators using when they pass laws that are prohibiting tech companies from censoring users? They're saying that these platforms are the new public square. This is where we go to make our voice heard in the world today. We go to Facebook or Twitter or one of these other platforms. And so when those platforms take down our posts, when they suspend us or ban us from using their platform, they are infringing on our ability to speak. Uh, and so from that perspective, they, the, their content moderation policies are seen as censorship. And Republican-led states are saying we need to put a stop to that. They need to host everybody. They should be a forum for the, for the free exchange of ideas. And which states are we talking about that have passed these laws so far? Florida and Texas have both both passed laws already that would restrict social media platforms' ability to moderate content. Those are the two that have passed. Now, numerous other states, mostly Republican-led, are looking at similar legislation. The Florida and Texas laws are not identical, but they have enough in common. They're being watched sort of in tandem, and they're both moving through the appeals courts together. So in both cases, after the states passed laws, groups representing the technology industry sued to get those laws declared unconstitutional. These tech companies and their representatives say that the laws are actually uh, abridging their free speech, that Facebook and Twitter and YouTube should have the right to make decisions about what people see when they open those apps and about who can say what on those apps. And as you mentioned, uh, tech interest groups, they're fighting these regula- regulations. Uh, Facebook chairman and CEO Mark Zuckerberg spoke at a hearing with the Committee on Energy and Commerce last week about uh, social media's role in spreading extremism and misinformation. Let's listen. I think that there will be a lot of ongoing debate about how to handle content which 
uh, people find distasteful or maybe harmful, but is legal. But in this case, when the content is illegal, I think it is pretty reasonable to expect that large platforms build effective systems um, for moderating this. Will, what's the rationale that he's explaining here? He's saying that so, so Facebook actually is welcoming at this point some degree of regulation. Um, in particular, they think that when there's speech that's being hosted that's illegal. So, you know, the First Amendment extends extremely broad protections for what we can say without the government intervening. But there are some types of speech that are not protected under the First Amendment, mm-hmm. including, uh, you know, speech related to, to terrorism, um, you know, th- direct threats of violence, those kinds of things. Um, and so I think you know, Facebook's stance is that when there is speech that is against the law, that it does make sense to expect platforms to be able to take that down. Now, Facebook has a large uh, team of content moderators. It has, it has the capacity to comply with a law like that. Um, some smaller tech firms, uh, you know, it's not clear whether they have the capacity or, or could build the capacity to comp- comply with something like that. So these tech companies are arguing the First Amendment protects them too. So amendments extend beyond individuals to a company? The First Amendment is, is very short. It says that Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech or expression. Uh, and so it, it directly applies to the government of the United States. It mm-hmm. says the government can't stop people from speaking, except in these, you know, these limited exceptions that we've developed over the years of case law. Um, the First Amendment also has been held to protect the rights of corporations, the speech rights of corporations. That's part of why corporations are allowed to give money to political campaigns. Um, you know, it, it's why my employer, the Washington Post, can you know can uh, express whatever, publish whatever it wants without the government interfering. So the tech companies say the First Amendment should apply to them. It should protect their right. Um, to, to uh, curate the content as they see fit, to use the algorithms that they want to use to decide what people see on their apps, and when necessary, to take down posts or to suspend users for speech that they don't want to be hosting. You talked to Chicago law professor Genevieve Laker about this as well. How are she and other law experts reacting to these different interpretations of the First Amendment? Yeah, you know, uh, there are some traditionalists out there who really think that the First Amendment is just about the government staying out of speech of both private citizens and corporations, and that this should be really clear-cut, that states should not be allowed to make laws like Florida's and Texas's. Even though Florida and Texas say, look, we're not trying to tell them, we're not trying to control exactly what people can say and can't say on Facebook or YouTube. We're just saying they can't discriminate. Uh, First Amendment traditionalists would say that's too much. The government doesn't have a a compelling enough argument for getting involved and and trying to regulate what private companies can do in terms of what content they host on their sites. Mm -hmm. Now, there are a lot of legal scholars who see this as more nuanced. They say social media actually presents a new problem. Social media platforms are not the same as newspapers and magazines. They aren't treated the same as newspapers and magazines in terms of liability for content. Um, There's a a law on the books uh, federally called Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act that actually says that they will not be treated as the speakers or publishers of information that they host. So they can't be sued. If I say something uh, that, that can get me sued on Facebook, Facebook can't be sued for, for hosting that. So these scholars say, you know, they're really a hybrid. And, and so it, there is some of this that's up for grabs uh, as far as how the First Amendment should apply. And there's also the question of, is, are the tech companies the only ones whose First Amendment rights are at stake here, 
or are the First Amendment rights of individuals who use these platforms at mm-hmm. stake? In other words, do these social media platforms have such power over our speech and over the flow of information that when they ban us, they are meaningfully infringing on our ability to speak? Now, that would be a fairly novel interpretation of the First Amendment. And, yeah. you know, again, the First Amendment only uh, restricts the government from restricting our speech. It doesn't restrict private companies from restricting our speech. So, you know, a mall uh, can say that you can't, you know, just stand in there and, and curse or give a religious sermon, and they're within their First Amendment rights to say that. You're not within your First Amendment rights to speak anywhere you want. Uh, but, you know, again, some scholars think that social media presents a new problem. We should be thinking about it differently. And maybe the government does have at least some interest in uh, regulating how, what content they, they should host, or at least maybe uh, how transparent they need to be about their processes for deciding what content to host. So uh, tech companies are, are uh, appealing to the Supreme Court, asking it to put the law back on hold while the lawsuit unfolds in a lower court. This is in uh, Texas. How else are, are tech companies reacting here? And what could this decision yeah, I mean, the, in, in the case mean the for... Tech companies- Right. So the tech companies, they want to exercise their full First Amendment rights here. They want to have full control of how they do their content moderation, how they organize their algorithm. They argue that even attempts to require transparency, like there are some some laws afoot, uh, even Democrat-led laws, that would uh, maybe require social media companies to disclose how their algorithms work, how they decide what to show people in, inside the app. Yeah. Um, you know, th- they say that even that is an infringement on their freedom of speech. Look, we don't re- we don't require newspapers to to disclose how they arrived at their editorial decisions or to you know to publish their full decision making structure. We shouldn't do it for social media either. That's their stance. Again, there are a growing number of people largely on the right these days, but on both sides, who think that it's not just their First Amendment rights that are at stake, it's also the First Amendment rights of users, or at least generally the, the interest of the government in allowing people to have venues to speak publicly and, and to discuss politics and public issues. Well, we know many people use social media day-to-day, right? So what should those folks keep in mind about who controls the posts that they see as it, they scroll through their feed? Right now, it's you know we're in a in a regime right now where the social networks have full power over that. The government has said basically nothing to this point about how social media companies uh, must moderate or not moderate content. So these are really decisions that are being made at the level of the company by their employers with input from shareholders and you know, in response sometimes to, to media scrutiny. And so when a company like YouTube takes down your video, that is because they have decided that it's in their business interest to not have that video on their site. Um, and so uh, over the years, those companies have become more uh, proactive, more aggressive in how much stuff they take down because they don't want to be uh, a hub for terrorist recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want to host things like a live stream of the Buffalo shooting massacre. Um, they, they don't want their platforms to be overtaken by stuff like that. And so those are really private decisions that they're making. So the big question here is, does the government have an interest and, and can it legally under the First Amendment start to get involved in, in how those decisions are made or how they're not made? Again, Florida and Texas want these companies to do less content moderation. In particular, a lot of Republicans think that the companies should not have suspended Donald Trump for his role in the January 6th insurrection. Um, many of the private companies decided 
largely independently, although they certain, certainly influence each other, mm-hmm. to take down Trump's posts and to eventually suspend him. Right. Uh, and that was really the genesis of this conservative movement to say, hey, they shouldn't be allowed to do that. Private companies shouldn't have the power to silence uh, a sitting president. I see. Will Aremis is a technology news analysis writer for The Washington Post. Thank you for the update, Will. Thanks for having me. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.